Nice. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Well, we've got a nice uh, full room today, so thank you for all of you who are sort of like figuring out how to finagle and find a seat. Um, we do have some seats at the front here. I think Molly offered that, and yet somehow they weren't taken. That's weird. I don't know what that is. I don't spit that much, but uh, anyway. Hey, so who here is good with uh, Lego? Who's, who's good building with Lego? Oh, yeah, we've got a few, few people here. All right, so quick question for those with your hand up. If I wanted to build a tall, strong Lego tower, what, what's, your, what's your advice? Where would I start? At the bottom, thank you. That's very helpful. Uh, yep, Capri? I would build walls. Okay, yep, walls. Liam? Yeah, you go wide at the base and then slowly go taller. See, this is good. This, this is good. Yes? You need a lot of Legos. That's right, absolutely. Yes, Dylan? Sturdy foundation. That's good. See, this is great. You guys have just played beautifully into my hands because what we're doing at the moment is we're going through a series called Everyday Faith. We're talking about what it means to live a life of faith, of trusting God in every area of our lives. But in order to do that, in order to build a strong faith tower, as it were, uh, we really want to start by building a good foundation. We want to put some building blocks in place that will help us to get going in the right way so that when we continue moving forward and we build our tower really tall, it doesn't just fall over like mine always does. So we're talking about these building blocks. These things are really important to our faith. Last week, we put the first block in. Does anyone remember what it was? Charlotte was very, very eager. Scripture. That is correct. The Bible is very important to start us off. The second week, this week, we're talking about community. Now, what do you think I mean when I say community? In the context of the church, what do we mean by community? Oh, there's far fewer hands this time around. Yes. Doing life together. What a great phrase for that. That could be like a, like a catchphrase or something. Yeah, you got that. So doing life together. I think that together is really the key part in that, isn't it? Now, if you were um, here at our dedication night, how many of you came along to the dedication night? That was a little while ago now. It seems like forever ago. That's cool. There was quite a few people here. It was awesome. Um, if you were here, uh, we had um, Russell Bone who came up and... Is Russell here today? He's got a baseball game. Yeah, okay. Well, that's priorities for him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't tell him I said that. <laughs> oh, it's on the podcast. Don't let him listen to it. Okay. All right. He's fine. We like Russell. Anyway, Russell, uh, who is a chaplain for the Air Force, he was um, telling us a little bit about the history of this spot right here. And this was an old Air Force base. You guys know this? So there's a picture of the old Air Force base. Yeah, it is. They only, uh, it was all black and white back then. Um, the color didn't come until later. But So there was a, an Air Force base here as well as Fanuapai. And this was an Air Force base that was running um, seaplanes like the Sunderland, which we've got a picture here. This Sunderland is actually at Hobsonville. That, that was a cool picture to be able to get. Um, and so they were running those planes from this base right here. In fact, this building used to be the cinema it's for, the, for the Air Force base. And so as he was telling us this, he showed us the insignia, the, the badge or the logo for Base Auckland, which is right there. I loved it 
Because you've got these two, these are tanifa, right? I'm not getting that wrong. Yeah, two tanifa. And they're standing back to back in this defensive pose. And this representing Hobsville base and Fenopai base, standing back to back, protecting each other. And I just thought that's such a cool picture of what the church should and can be. Because you know, like these uh, pilots who were in the base, they would go out, uh, especially during World War II and other conflicts, they would go out and they would go out into hostile spaces. They would be flying into danger. Literally their lives were on the line. But when they came back here, when they came back to base, they were safe. The enemy was far away. They were home. They could relax. They could breathe a little bit, recharge the batteries before they had to go out again and face another battle. And I just love that picture for the church. We, we live in a hostile world sometimes. We live in a world where we, we have difficulties. We have troubles in this life. You know, there's things that are hard in our week-to-week lives. But as we come back together on a Sunday morning or in other places where the church gathers, there's a safety here a like-mindedness, a place where we've got each other's back, like the two Tanifa protecting each other. We can help each other take that rest to help each other recharge our batteries before we dive back into the world. Isn't that a cool picture? I just really love that picture, and I really believe that's what we need. And the, the early church had community down pat. They were big on community. In fact, have a listen to uh, the words from Acts chapter 2. This is a description of what the early church was like. It said, All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So the apostles were the 12 disciples who became apostles. And they were teaching into fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we're going to do a little bit later, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then in the next slide it says, And all of the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. In the next slide, it says, They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's kind of a really cool picture of a tight-knit group, right? Like these guys were tight. They spent daily time together. Why? Because for them, they needed that community. They needed that togetherness. They needed that support for each other. They lived in a hostile world. The religious leaders in their area in Israel were against this church. It was trying to wipe out the church. They basically acted like the government, and they were putting people in prison. They were trying to squash this Christian new movement. And then the Roman government, who really was the government, they were about to get involved in this as well, and they were going to start doing some pretty nasty stuff to Christians as well. So there was this sense of the world was not for Christians. It was not for them. They went out into the world. They lived their daily lives in hostility. They lived it in difficulty. So when they came together, it was a time of safety, an oasis. Now, we don't face the same persecutions. We don't face the same difficulties in our world as they did in theirs. Yet, 
And I think the world is sort of shifting a little bit more and that it's becoming more and more like the early church. And as it does that, as it becomes less popular to be a Christian in our society, as it becomes harder to go about daily life, I think it's become more and more important for this group, for us as a church family, to hold each other, to stand back to back, to protect each other, to lift each other up, to help each other, to help each other take our next step. That's what our mission statement is, to help each other take our next step towards Jesus. We can do that as a community. So if we want to live lives of faith, if we want faith to impact every area of our life, I reckon the building block of community is truly important. And that's why we build so much into that space here at Church Northwest. All right, we're going to invite the band back up. I'm just doing a little quick thing this morning because we've got some other stuff that we want to do today. But I just really wanted to impress how important it is to be together, to be community for each other. Lord, we just thank you so much for inventing the church. You knew that we would not live easy lives all of the time. You knew that there would be people who would oppose what you're doing, that trusting in you would mean that we would have difficulty in the world. And so, Lord, you gave us a community of people who can look after each other. We may have to fight our way through the week, but we can come back to home base every Sunday morning that we gather, every time we have a small group that we gather with, every time we just catch up with coffee with someone in our church family. Thank you for giving that space to us. Help us to invest in that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So you would have noticed in that game that, um, as Jeff pointed out, the questions were tweaked and um, aimed at certain age groups. And it meant that each age group and, and each team was needed in order for success. That was Some were more successful than others, but there you go. I, yeah, there was some of the <laughs> ones I didn't know, so I'm like, all right. So anyway... Uh, we did this on purpose because we wanted to illustrate how every member of the team, no matter what their age, is needed to succeed. And it's the same way with the church community. Now, the Bible says uh, that the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 27 is like this. <clears throat> the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. Each part is important and has something to contribute for the good of the whole. So it's for this reason that intergenerational community, wow, I said that, that came out right, didn't it? <laughs> That's a hard sentence. <laughs> is an important value for us here at Church Northwest, and it's one that we strive towards um, through Fano Sundays like this one and other events where all generations are encouraged to participate together. So several months ago, we talked about the concept of mishpokor. How's your Hebrew, everyone? Yep, no? Okay. I probably butchered that. <laughs> but if there's no Hebrews here, then we should be all right. Okay. So um, this is the Hebrew word for the Jewish faith community that Jewish families raise their children to be part of. Now, this community had the responsibility to communicate the faith to the children who are part of that mishpokor. Now, we compared our church Fano to a, as a modern-day equivalent to the Mishpokor because we all have a part to play, to communicate faith to the next generation, in fact, to all of its members. 
Now, just as Christians in the early church relied on the church community to help them survive and thrive through persecution, we also need our mishpokor to help us flourish in our everyday faith. Now, as Hamish said, we may not experience persecution quite like the early church, but we are faced with contradicting worldviews, pressure to conform to the ways of non-believers, and the constant pull toward complacency in living out our faith. We all benefit when we engage with our church community. Just as we all have something valuable to contribute to the body of Christ, we all need the support and encouragement of our church community, our mishpokor, to stand firm in the faith. Now, if we look at Acts 2 again, we can see that this community of believers shared everything they had. They looked out for the needs of others. They worshipped together corporately, and they gathered together in homes sharing meals and the Lord's Supper. They experienced great joy. I want you to think about that for a minute. Despite the cruel persecution and the hardships of living out their faith, this church community experienced great joy. And we can experience great joy also. So let's look out for each other. Let's gather together to worship and share meals. Let's serve, each, serve together. Let's mentor each other. Keep each other accountable. Share stories with each other. Let's build each other up and prepare each other to stand firm in our faith in a world that wants to tear us down. God promises to be with us, and I believe that God works powerfully through the people of his church. Our ch church whānau is a conduit for God to pour out his love, his care, strength, and encouragement. He never intended us to struggle alone. He created a special family to be that safe place where we can belong, where we can be valued, and where we can be cared for. You know, sometimes those in church leadership are viewed as being separate from this church community, and they just organize the community and they sit outside it, but it's not true. Leadership is just a role we fulfill. We need care and encouragement of the community just as much as anyone else. I want to thank our church whānau for being an example of mishpokor for my family as we grieve through the death of my father. You guys have been that safe place where we can be cared for. We're going to move on to communion now. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so as we move to communion, I just want us to remember that uh, this is a privilege to celebrate this. And we can celebrate the Lord's Supper just as Christians have been doing for thousands of years. We'd like to encourage the tamariki to go with their whānau um, so that they can be guided during this sacred time. Thank you.